Today's reading comes from the sixth chapter of Luke, beginning with the 17th verse. This is the second edition of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, except here uh, with our author Luke, it's referred to as the Sermon on the Plain. Coming down off the mountain with them, Jesus stood on a plain surrounded by his disciples, and they were soon joined by a huge congregation from all over Judea and Jerusalem, even from the seaside towns of Tyre and Sidon. They came both to hear him and be cured of their ailments. Those disturbed by evil spirits were healed. Everyone was trying to touch him. So much energy was surging from him, and so many people were healed. But then he spoke. You're blessed when you've lost it all. God's kingdom is there for the finding. You are blessed when you ravenously, when you, when you are ravenously hungry. Then you're ready for the messianic meal. You are blessed when the tears flow freely, for joy comes in the morning. Count yourself blessed every time someone cuts you down or throws you out, every time someone smears or blackens your name to the discredit of me. What it means is, is that the truth is too close to them for comfort, and that person is uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Skip like a lamb, if you like. For even though they don't like it, I do, and all of heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My preachers and witnesses have always been treated like this. But it's trouble ahead if you think you have it made. What you have is all you will ever get. And it's trouble ahead if you're satisfied with yourself. Yourself will not satisfy you for long. And it's trouble ahead if you think life's all fun and games. There is suffering to be met, and you are going to meet it. This is the good news of Jesus the Christ. <clears throat> All right, how do I get it back? I sent out a um, uh, a quote on Facebook this week, and I thought that it was, uh, and it came from an Episcopal minister by the name of Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor, <clears throat> and I thought that it was a great way uh, to start this message out because. The, the setup for this, when Jesus starts speaking to everybody and, <clears throat> and all these people are trying to touch him and they want all this healing and, you know, he's, it kind of sounds like he's a rock star, right? Well, you know, just before that, Luke had shared with us how they wanted to kill him. You know, he's in his hometown. They were ready to throw him off a bridge or off the, off the cliff. So what Luke is trying to say is, look, you need to understand what was disturbing these people. And if you look at the title in, your, in, in today's sermon, underneath that, I gave you two verses. It is, what, it is about the choice that we make. 
Are we going to be a blessing? Or are we going to be in trouble? Or are we going to let trouble come to us? And there it goes again. <laughs> yeah, I talked too long. It's kind of just, uh... All right, so here's, here's the quote. Jesus was not killed by atheism or anarchy. He was brought down by law and order that was allied with religion. And that is always a deadly mix. Beware of those who claim to know the mind of God and are prepared to use force, if necessary, to make others conform. Beware those who cannot tell God's will from their own. And this is exactly what's happening in this passage. Jesus is looking at the folks and saying, look, there are lots of blessings this is a, you, you live in a law and order time where the Pharisees want you to follow all this religious law and make sure that you get it right in order to be okay with God. But I'm telling you that it's about your behavior. It's about your attitude that makes the difference. And he does a wonderful job, I think, of pointing it out. You are blessed when you've lost it all. Does that mean that it's a good thing to lose it all? Does that mean that, okay, God just expects us to be dirt poor? No. Jesus is uh, very aware of how we work. When do you see people not being too concerned about their relationship with God? When they're rich. When everything's going right. Yeah. When everything is perfect, you know, you got the two cars, you got the, the I guess, a half a million dollar house nowadays. It used to be, I used to sit there and say, if you had a $100,000 house, you were doing good. $100,000 house is a, is a tiny house these days. But the point is <clears throat> that the further you get and the more toys you get, the less you depend on God. And so Jesus is simply pointing out that, look, if you don't want to lose all that stuff, you need to pay attention to your relationship with God. We need to pay attention to how we take care of each other. It is when we begin to act like we have got it all figured out that things start to go downhill. It's like when we think that we have all everything figured out that we quit listening to people. How many times do we really listen to our kids and what they're saying? Do we hear them? Or do we sit there and go, oh, wait till you're an adult? No, we need to listen. We need to listen to the black community. We need to listen to the transgender community. We need to listen to the women in our world. Because that's what we're supposed to do as a people of faith. We're not supposed to be just bypassing anybody for anything it's about and here i go it is about meeting people's needs if you're going to be a person of faith and you're going to walk in that relationship with god then you don't have to fix nothing just be ready to meet the need that gets put in front of you 
You know, that's one of the biggest reasons that we'll always do hygiene kits. It does not fix anything, but for a moment, somebody can have their integrity. Sometimes people who have lost their job and they're depressed and they're challenged, that hug that you give to them does not fix anything, but it does remind them that they matter. You see, this is what this message of Jesus is about, is when we forget that other folk matter, then we begin to run into problems. And the religion in Jesus' day had forgotten that. You know, they had gotten so tied up in, and you're going to want to hit me, they got so tied up in the thought process and happened to figure everything out that they got froze in place. And they absolutely did nothing at that point, except what? Move into an area of exclusion. If you weren't married, you were excluded. If you didn't have children, you were excluded. If you had some kind of physical ailment, you were excluded. If you had some kind of mental challenge, you were excluded. And you know, the really sad thing about all this is I look at it today, we haven't learned very much, folks. So what does that mean for us? We have to take that extra step. We have to leave here each week thinking about, really thinking about, and I know that there are some people that will sit there and say, ah, oh, Pastor, you're being mushy. No, this is what makes this stuff really hard. We have to keep in the forefront of our mind, what am I going to do this week that is going to meet somebody's need? Sometimes... That somebody might be you. Got to give yourself rest. Got to give yourself nourishment. Got to watch what you eat, ladies, so that you're healthy and that you can continue what you need to do. But there's lots of other times during the course of the week where if we don't have it in the forefront of our mind, then we forget that we even heard this. You know, we fall back into that whole whole idea of uh, what I call justifying why it's okay for me to do whatever I want to do and all of you over there got to behave differently. Because see, it's not about that. It's about what I do. It's, it's about what I decide that I can do. It is not trying to figure out what the... Uh, <laughs> bottom line of the Beatitudes are. There's a story that says that Jesus took the disciples up to the mountain and gathered around him and he taught them by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek. You know you're getting this from Matthew 5 now. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are they who thirst for justice. Blessed are you when you're persecuted. That means that people are going to make fun of you and you've got to know that you're better than that. You've got to know that you're better than that. That's why you keep hearing me say you are wonderfully and uniquely made in the image of God and that is enough. Blessed are you when you suffer. Be glad and rejoice for your reward is great. 
And so then Simon Peter says, hey, are we supposed to write this stuff down? And Andrew asked, how are we supposed to remember this? And James said, are we going to have a test at the end of the week? And Philip said, I don't have anything to write with. And Bartholomew said, do we have to turn this in? And John said, the other disciples didn't have to learn this. And Matthew yelled, can I go to the restroom? And Judas said, what does this have to do with real life? And one of the Pharisees that had been listening, who was present, asked to see Jesus' lesson plan and inquired of Jesus, what is your objective? And Jesus wept. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who thirst for justice. Blessed are you when you suffer for Christ's sake. That's not easy stuff, folks. But if you want to be blessed, you want to be successful, that's where you got to go. It's no wonder that Jesus weeps because we turn it completely upside down. And most of the time we don't do it because it's hard, hard work and it scares us. But remember this, you cannot fail. Why? Because you are wonderfully and uniquely made in the image of God. And that's enough. God bless you.